Hi everyone and welcome along to another edition of the Celtic View podcast, our last edition of 2022. And as always, I'm joined by our Celtic View editor, Paul Cuddy. Paul, we're in the week leading up to Christmas. It's the last podcast of the year. How are you, you feeling this festive period? Do you know what? I'm just relieved to be asked back because uh, obviously last week's episode you had Tyree Birchall who was a much better guest than me <laughs> so I was I was fearful for my place but uh, thanks for selecting me I, I guess. did consider it for a while but I thought it's the last one I'm feeling a bit festive so we'll get you back in for it I'd, I'd feel bad if I didn't bring you back in for that one and it's uh, it's been a it's been a, a good week uh, this week Paul because we had obviously everything with the World Cup final on a Sunday to get excited about but of a Celtic persuasion. I think we were all excited to see the football returning on Saturday away to, to Aberdeen. And we always love the football around this, this festive period that probably kind of makes the festive period a lot of the time. And it was just brilliant to see Celtic get back in action and get a, a brilliant 1-0 win up in Aberdeen. It was. I mean, it has been such a... I don't know what the players have felt like, but it's been strange for supporters. Obviously, we've had the World Cup to, to fill that gap, but, you know, having no domestic football for over a month is, is a strange feeling. So it was, you're right, it was absolutely great, tough game. Um, I mean, the football was back for Celtic. I'm not sure what Aberdeen were playing at the weekend. <laughs> it was, it was uh, I think it was anti-football, but it was it was a great win. Great to see Callum McGregor back, who was just absolutely, it was a midfield masterclass and, and his goal was amazing. I know, it's been, it's been such a strange period, obviously having the World Cup in winter and then not having any Celtic games during that period. And then because the game was on the day before the World Cup final, I think for a lot of people, just the return of football has kind of got a little bit lost. But what a way just to kickstart, to get a, an 87th minute winning goal. Just something we're so used to doing this season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it was, I mean, literally, you could tell after about five minutes, I mean, Aberdeen had just abandoned most of the pitch and were just playing with nine players in the box. So it, it's always going to be really difficult. I mean, no matter what team it is, if you just pack that penalty there with players, it's going to be very difficult. And I think having Callum McGregor back was absolutely key because he just controlled everything in terms of always moving the ball, dictating the pace of the play, but also ensuring that we we kept our heads, we never get impatient, we never get frustrated. And it was he kind of felt like the goal's coming, it's going to come. And it, as I say, it was fitting that it was him that, that got the winning goal. And in a way... It'd have been nice to win about 6 or 7 nil, but in a way I think it's a, almost a better punishment for a team that decides to play like that. That They, they think that they're so close to getting a, a really undeserved point and then it's it's snatched away from them. But I mean, you look at the stats, 81% possession, 33 attempts compared to Aberdeen's two, neither of which were on target. So in, in any any statistic you want to mention that game, we, we thoroughly deserved the win. With the thing with Cal McGregor being out for so long is that we, it's, you can't say that you didn't miss him, but other players stepped up to fill his to fill his void, and we managed to continue to win. But it just signifies how important he is that game on Saturday. I think. Yeah, I mean, it was quite funny because beforehand, a lot of the comments externally was the fact that Celtic haven't missed him, and you're you're absolutely right. That's not the way to look at it. The, you know, the credits to the other players who've stepped up and, and made sure that we've coped well with it. But you know. When you have your captain, your best player out, then obviously when he comes back, you, you know it definitely improves the team. Any team, if you're, you know, when you bring your best player back, and I think it was credit to everyone else that they, they you know, the likes of Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hattati really stepped up to the plate, and the other midfielders in particular. But having them back, and I think not just on the pitch, but 
you know, in the dressing room as well, I think makes a massive difference. And I mean, he just, I mean, he, he was everywhere. And you could just tell he just, he was delighted to be back as well. But I mean, he had more touches. It was remarkable he had more touches than the entire Aberdeen team in the course of that game, which is just extraordinary. I know, I watched it back afterwards um, on the coverage in the telly, and I think it came up at one point, the most touches in the match, it's like the top five or six players, and every single player was a Celtic player, which just goes to show the type of football that Aberdeen were playing. And as you said, it almost makes it sweeter, the fact that we did win with such a late goal. Well, I saw somebody on in, in Twitter, and I don't know if they were being slightly you know, facetious, but they said that Aberdeen had more time on the ball at, at throw-ins than they did actually on the pitch. But actually, that, that's probably not too far yeah. off the mark. And there was part of me thinking, you know, if you're an Aberdeen fan, and it's the week before Christmas, it's freezing cold, which it always is up there. You've spent your money coming along to see your team playing. You know, they've got a really good home record going into the game, they're third on the table, and then, you know, you would feel short-changed. And I think Willie Miller, who's obviously an Aberdeen legend, you know, I think has, I mean, he absolutely uh, blasted the, the mm. tactics after the game because he's he's obviously working there, but he's, sit, he's sitting as an Aberdeen fan thinking that's not what you want to see for your team. So, but I, I think we, it was just a different way that we had to cope with, with playing and a, a different way to, you know, to find a way to win. And this team always does. It does. And it's because you had that period off, the kind of four or five weeks, it almost kind of felt like a pre-season again. So a lot of people coming back were wondering, will all the teams be the same, perform the same as they did in that first part of the season? We're just going to be exactly the same, aren't we? There's all this talk about, you know, could could we potentially slip up and then by the time you get to that that Rangers game in January the second, and you know, but we're just con- going to continue in the exact same way, aren't we? Yeah, and I think again there was so many positives. You know, for example, Carl Starfelt back in. Yeah. You know, he's it's been a kind of stop-start season for him. So I think the break and that, as you say, that mini pre-season's probably helped him because then he's he's now back up to speed with the rest of them. So he'll be looking to, to stay injury-free and just get a run of games. That partnership with Carter Vickers, you know, was so solid last year. And I think the fact that, you know, the manager, I think I touched on it beforehand, that the players have all come back from the World Cup, you know, there's been a real positivity about them. You know, Carter Vickers in that one game he played was outstanding kind of mystified a lot of people why he didn't keep his place mm-hmm. for the knockout game. Obviously, Dyson Maida was excellent, scored the goal as well. Aaron Moy was exceptional for Australia and, and, you know, a remarkable tournament for them. And then we had the interest right up to the weekend with Josip Juranovic in Croatia as well. So from a Celtic point of view, it was great to see. Then these players come back and then we've added in, you know, Alistair Johnson, who was at the World Cup as well. There's a kind of energy there as well because they'll come back obviously having played in the World Cup and the real buzz so uh, yeah I think you're absolutely right I think we've we've hit the ground running we've got two home games coming up this week that the manager will be looking to win to send us into Christmas happy but it's all positive I know and that does lead us nicely so we've got um, Livingston at home on Wednesday night and then St John's at home on the, the 24th the game on Christmas Eve as well so that just sets us up perfectly for those two games I'm sure everyone is going to be absolutely buzzing to get back to Celtic Park. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be, you know, absolutely packed out on Wednesday night in a brilliant atmosphere because it's been so long since, you know, it was the Ross County game just at the, the, the start of November, just before the break. That was the last time we were here for a home game. Livingston, obviously, they had their game postponed at the weekend. Again, that could work either way for them. I mean, they, they might have picked up injuries at the weekend, but 
that's just another delay for them to get back into to, to playing games. I think they know it's going to be really difficult anyway. Um, but they, they they'll always give you know they'll give you a go. They're much they're much they're a different proposition when they're at home, obviously. Um, but I think at Celtic Park and, and it has become a I mean under Ange Postecoglou an absolute fortress. So you know you're you get into these games confident that we're going to win. Yeah, and St Johnson as well. They're a team that over the last couple of seasons have obviously had real success winning a couple of trophies. Last season was a lot more difficult for them. But I think if you look at the table now, I think they might be sitting in fourth place and they've had a much better campaign this year. So again, it's it's going to be they're not going to make it easy for Celtic, put it that way. Yeah, and I think I think we might have touched on it in a previous podcast, but I think St Johnson, the people who, who run St Johnson, for me deserve a lot of credit for holding their nerve because as you say, the, the previous season they had won two trophies remarkable success in finishing the top six and then last season they were kind of battling against relegation but they stuck with Callum Davidson because they obviously think he's a good manager and he's proved that again this season because they're, you know, they're a different proposition again you know they're doing much better in the league and, and I'm pleased for them but again when you go to McDermott Park it's a different it's a much tougher game I think mm-hmm. and they do have a goal which again is a lesson I think for Aberdeen like so St Johnson and Livingston make it difficult for Celtic because they have a goal but when they come here, they're faced with that dilemma. They can't do that because they know that we'll 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 absolutely run through them. So it's very difficult. But you know, you would imagine, you know, as I said, you're going into these games really confident of getting the the six points. Mm. All I want for Christmas this year is six points in these next two games, and I can wake up happy in, in Christmas Day. That's that's all I'm asking for. Um, Paul, last week the the team arrived back from the training camp in Portugal to Lennox Town leading up to that game against Aberdeen and you had a chance to catch up with Greg Taylor, a guy who has been an absolutely sublime form this season. Yeah, he's been, you know, I think, again, we've have touched on it beforehand. He's already in the first half of the season one of the, the candidates for player of the year. I think he's been absolutely brilliant and I, I think he's one of the other players that, in the absence of Callum McGregor, really stepped up and took on one of the leadership roles on the pitch, I think, just led by example. And it was the, the day that we that I interviewed them, obviously they'd been to Australia, they'd had the, the holiday, and then they had the training camp in Portugal, and I think it was the first day back at Lennox Town, and, and it was uh, sub-zero temperature, so it was a bit of a, a culture shock, and uh, welcome back to Scotland. But he, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Greg Taylor, I think, I think he's an exceptional footballer, I think he's really benefited I think everybody knew he was always a really good defender, but I think what Ange Postecoglou has brought out is the fact that he's a really good footballer, and I think he's really thrived in the style of play that, that, that we have now under the manager, and I think he's he's been a real top performer this season. Mm. One thing that was actually evident for myself being over in Australia and Portugal, but particularly the game in Portugal, because it was a behind-closed-doors game, you were sitting kind of right next to the action, and you could really hear who was talking the most throughout the games, and Greg Taylor was non-stop throughout that match, pushing the line-up, communicating with Jota in front of him, with the, the, the centre-half next to him as well, so I think you're exactly right, he's just become such a leader in this team. Yeah, and I think he's I think he's a football obsessive as well, I think he said that before, that he, you know, he, he just loves, he loves playing the game, but he loves watching the game as well, and studying it, and, you know, I'd always be intrigued to, to sit and watch a game, because mm. we watch it as viewers, as fans, or not, not necessarily a Celtic game, but just a game, and how someone like Greg Taylor or Callum McGregor are looking at the game, because they're not watching it the same way that we are. They're, they're, they're analysing it in a completely different way. But you can tell he's, you know, he's, he's a real student of the game, 
Um, but I, I think he's really he, he's just his game's just gone to a different level. Yeah. I think this season. It's actually quite funny because quite fortunate we were in Portugal, so um, the World Cup games were obviously on, and we were watching it like in a couple of us in one room, and the players were like in the next room. But our telly was in front of their telly. I think it was the Croatia Brazil game. And when Neymar scored an extra time, we've all jumped up and started celebrating and they're about a minute behind. So they all kind of rushed in and we watched kind of that last kind of 15, 20 minutes together. And you do, like, you, you notice that a lot of the time when you're when you're watching them because I'm just like jumping up and down and shouting, just being like, oh, what a chance. But they're actually kind of like analysing it a little bit more and being like, oh, he should have done that and he should have done that. And that was on like a small snippet. So I'd, I'd be exactly the same. I'd love to kind of just sit and watch from high up or something, a, a real game and, and see how they and see how they analyse it. But let's hear from, from Greg Taylor now, his chat with Paul, chatting all things football and a little bit of Christmas as well. Greg, welcome to the, the Celtic View podcast. Now this podcast is, is going out in the, the week leading up to Christmas, but obviously I'm speaking to your first day back at Lennox Town after being in Australia, after having time off, after being in Portugal, you picked the coldest day of the year to come back to Lennox Town. Was it a bit of a culture shock in terms of the weather? Uh, it was cold, definitely, but it was good to be back home. We've um, had a good week's training in Portugal. We got good work into the legs, a good game at the end of it, so we're um, ready for the season starting back. Was it strange? I know as fans, it was It was obviously strange we suddenly had this break in domestic football. Thankfully, we had the World Cup, so we weren't wondering what to do for a month. But as players, you're so used to playing right through to the new year. Did that take a wee bit of adjustment? Um, it's a wee bit different, like, as you say, with a World Cup being on at this time of year, is the, the change. But no, I think we'd had a hectic game, a hectic run of games, sorry. So we, I think it was probably the break came at a good time. We'd, we'd got to... Um, the end of the Champions League, we'd had a lot of domestic games, so I don't think it was a bad thing. We've had the chance to have a good couple of games in Australia, see our fans out there, rest, recover, and then again the work started in Portugal and they were back at Lennox Town. So no, I think it actually was probably beneficial. And as you say, in the lead up to the break, we had such an impressive run of form, you know, nine points clear at the top of the table. We've got a League Cup semi-final to look forward to. With a really strong European campaign, although ultimately you know disappointed we didn't get through. So, you know, I suppose it's just want to hit the ground running when we start back. Yeah, the gaffer always touches on that we want to be better, we want to improve, and we've got a group that are all eager to do that. We know that it's been a a good start. It's um, we've played our football and I can't I would say in the majority of games and all competitions. So. We want to continue to do that, but we want to also improve our football, improve uh, all aspects of our game, and hopefully that will just take success come the end of the season. And then, uh, from a personal point of view, a couple of goals as well this season, a couple of uh, tremendous celebrations as well, including the, the one at Tynecastle, which was one of my favourites. And you know, that's just another aspect of the game or your game that you're, you're adding to. You must be pleased with those goals. Yeah, the one at Tynecastle certainly, with the way the game had went, the you always get a bit of a tough time at Tynecastle, the fans are quite intense, they're on you and then we always take a unbelievable travelling support so for the small amount of numbers that we got there that it was a big moment for them and big moment for us as a group because we'd fell behind in the game, back to three each and a bit of a crazy game. Yeah, yeah and you get that glorious goal. It was good, enjoyed that. I know you're a, you're a bit of a student of, of the game so in terms of obviously the World Cup's been on for the last month, have you had a chance to, to watch many of the games and I'm always interested, you know, I'm watching it as a fan. I know you're watching it in a completely different way because you're looking at 
systems, how players are playing and things like that. Have you found that quite interesting? Uh, yeah, I think over the uh, in Australia, we um, it was just starting. I want to say when we arrived, so we we caught a few games out there, and then also over the holiday and when we got a break, I missed a, a few games then, and then when once we arrived home, it was the knockout period, and over in Portugal, so yeah, you you keep an eager eye on the boys that. We have straight away, and all four of them did unbelievable. Yeah. Five now that we've got Ali joining us, but um, yeah, they did amazing, and uh, we've still got Jura representing us. So that's been probably the, the main focus has been watching those boys and seeing how they're doing and cheering them on. Is that just a wee bit of you? You're thinking oh, Scotland does. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, of course. Like because we realised we had a big opportunity in last summer that we um, we didn't take advantage of. That's probably the long short of it. We played Ukraine twice in the Nations League after it and gave much better accounts of ourselves. So disappointing, of course, it is. You see Wales there who it could have easily been us. So it did hurt, definitely. But equally, our focus is um, on Celtic after that happened. And then uh, once the World Cup was on, it was purely on the boys that we've got to represent us. Absolutely, fingers crossed. This year, you know, and again, I've spoke to players in the past where you've always had the game in Boxing Day, so it's a kind of strange Christmas because you're, you're actually in on Christmas Day, you're having to train and then you're maybe staying overnight. This year, we've got the game on Christmas Eve. Is that quite good then? Because it maybe just even gives you a day or two just to have a proper Christmas for your family. Yeah, it's amazing. The fact that the way this, the fixtures have failed that you'll get Christmas Day off this year, which is, is nice. Um, spend it with your, close to, uh, your nearest and dearest. And, but equally, we've got to realise we've got a game not that far after it, so... I, um, you can't be pigging out too much. <laughs> in terms of uh, in Christmas, I always imagine, like you know, when people like you were growing up, it must have been the easiest thing in the world to buy presents. Cause you just think, right, buy them a football, buy them football boots, buy them football strips. Yeah, it's probably much harder now. Are you, are you one of these people that's that, that uh, for your fiance, for example, is going, what am I going to get them for Christmas this year? Uh, she's actually done. She's normally quite good for me. Then buys buys decent presents, but this year we decided with mum and dad brother we were going to do a secret santa because just it's something different so it means we're not having to buy for everyone and uh, like aunties uncles etc so we just decided a, a secret santa was the way we went so i kind of give the details of who i got but exactly right. that was uh that was the way we went this year so no i don't know if they'll uh, struggle for me i think um we're in fortunate positions that we um we get given a lot from the club where in terms of the clothes the boots etc and that now so we um it is a wee bit more difficult yeah and as you say Probably the best thing is the fact that you'll get to spend Christmas Day with your family, which, you know, over the past few years you've not really been able to do. Yeah, exactly. That's the big one is getting to cherish that time with them is, um, definitely helps. She's a nurse, but so she's working. Um, so I better uh, give her a mention on that. But um, <laughs> apart from that, no, um, once she's finished and spend it with mum and dad, etc., yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, and I know I've spoke to you before. I mean, you know, everybody that's working in the health service, nurses, doctors, all the staff, I mean, they do... It's hard to put any words what an incredible job they do and I think they need everybody's support, particularly at this time given, you know, everything that's been going on with, with nurses and stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's um they're obviously have this, they've had the strike, etc. and they um work so hard, these people, so they definitely deserve to be um treated fairly and I think that's all that they ask for because everyone that goes in and gets provided the service from them that really really, really appreciates it. Yeah. Because I, th I think it's one of those things that everybody knows but you would know more than most because you're seeing it on a daily basis how much your fiance you know how much work she does and how dedicated i think they are yeah definitely i think that's 
the whole of like it's not just nurses, it's the whole like NHS as a whole. It's every 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 part of it that they um the amount of work and the the shifts that they cover, especially over this time. And I'm sure they'd rather be spending the time with their family, but there's um people needing care. So yeah, yeah. I think everyone in the whole of the country appreciates that. Absolutely. You said you do Secret Santa with family. <laughs> Do they, is there a secret Santa in the, the dressing room? No, there's not actually. That's a that's a good shout. Maybe I should suggest that I'll bring that in for next year. But no, um, with that that's not been organised this year. But that could be certainly something that's uh, suggested for next year. Now what we've done just in a tradition with the Celtic View podcast, we've we've always uh, done a quick fire ten questions, mainly on your your career mm-hmm. to see how how you know how how well you know yourself. So. Oof. If you're up for doing that, I'm, I'm <laughs> Let's pretty go confident for you're going to do well. So, so am I. Right, so the first question, who was your Celtic debut against? It was St Mirren in a 2-0 win, I think. Correct, well done. Off the flyer. Good start. Your first Celtic goal, who was that against? I know the goal. It was a scrappy header, to say the least, on the line. Hat him, dinked it up to the back stick. But the team, I would struggle to... Uh, Pronounce. I think they were Icelandic. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? They yeah. were, but I don't know how. Yeah. Re- is Reykjavik? Yeah. yeah. We'll give you because not only did you give us the, the team. I've gave you the goal, etc. It was almost a commentary. That was too much. Need to stop talking. Okay. The the third question. Uh, your first game that you played against Celtic was back in September two thousand sixteen. It was Celtic one six one that day. But who scored Kilmarnock's goal, which actually gave them the lead at the time? Kulabali. Is that my first time I didn't yeah. know that. What a goal. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was... The worst thing we could have did, wasn't it? <laughs> just riled. Well, you know <laughs> riled like, the boy, the other, exactly. The other side I of the I got the things. whole 60,000. Right, here's what, just a general Celtic one for this season. Who scored our first competitive goal of this season? Welsh. Correct. Third minute against Aberdeen. Heather. You're on a roll here. Four out four. Right, Your Scotland debut was against which country? Belgium. Belgium. 3 0 defeat. Correct. Uh, another general Celtic question. You, you you won your first Scottish Cup medal with Celtic back in December 2020. Who scored the winning penalty in that shootout? Christopher Ayer. Chris Ayer. Tells me every day. Six out of six. Your brother, Ali, made his, his commandment debut at Celtic Park in February 2020. What was the score that day? 3-1. 3-1, yeah. 1-0 down. Yeah, again, yeah. Three Celtic players have scored hat-tricks this season. Can you name them? James Forrest, Kyogo. Who's the third? James Forrest, Kyogo, Leia Labada. Same game, wasn't it? Yeah, in the 9-0 game, yeah. Question nine. Your Kamarnock debut was against which team back in 2016? It was against Falkirk. No, it was Dundee United. So it was... Dundee United, oh, so it was. Dundee United, 4-2 Four defeat, two, yeah. you're spot on. That's slack for me, isn't it? Falkirk <laughs> was a playoff game. And the 10th question, it's almost a... A, a clean a sweep. Clean sweep, yeah. You, so far you've made 104 appearances for Celtic. Who was your 100th appearance against? Livingston, wasn't it? Wrong again. Yeah, it was a European game. Was it Real Madrid? No, it was Leipzig. Was it? Yeah. There you go. I knew it was about that time as well because yeah. I knew it was coming. I think it might be wrong there. I think it might be Livingston. Right, well, we'll, 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 we'll double check We'll double that check it. I want to say Livingston was my 100th game. Right, we'll double check that one just in case. 
We'll call it eight and a half. Eight and a half. That's not bad. That's, that's all right that's then. Not bad. Thanks very much. Um, so listen, final question. Um, do you ever make New Year's resolutions, or is the resolution just to? Is it kind of similar to your football? We'll focus on one game at a time. Aye, exactly. I think you have certainly you set targets and for like the start of the season. So I don't know if New Year's probably the time for a footballer as such to do that. You'll have the daft ones that you'll eat healthy for the or healthier for that month. But no, um, I think you you set your targets at the start of the season and then you judge them at the end of the season. Well, fingers crossed that, that you, you hit all those match them, exactly. And also hope that we, we see some more of your tremendous goal celebrations. Let's hope so. The elation. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, Paul, the big question <laughs> at the end of that is, did you get the answer wrong or did you get it wrong? Well, I think uh, I think everybody who's probably watching it knows that I got it wrong. For some <laughs> inexplicable reason, the... The, the, I had the wrong answer to and, and it, you can tell that he obviously he knows his career and, and he does keep his stats as well you know, yeah. he, and he, you know he has a list of his stats so I got the appearances right which was fine but no uh, uh, Greg was absolutely right in terms of his of his 100th game it was the Livingston game and I should have you know that way afterwards I thought I should have remembered because obviously he marked it with a goal mm-hmm. which made it extra special so I think that gave him 9 out of 10. <laughs> well, I applaud him for, for sticking to his guns as well at the end there because I, I wasn't sure if he was going to and then he was like, no, actually, I think I think you may be wrong there. So No, I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, this is uh, the last week, obviously, to get the, the Celtic view in time for, for Christmas for all the, the Celtic fans in, in your family. Um, we've spoken about it before, all the, all the content we've got in it. It's, it's kind of packed full of Christmas interviews, Christmas quizzes, competitions, all sorts. It's, and we always say it's the perfect little stocking filler, isn't it? It absolutely is, yeah. And that, to be fair, it has proved that over the, the years yeah. that people, you know, it will be maybe an impulse buy when they're in the, the Celtic stores and it's just something extra. And because, you know, there's so much in that in terms of interviews, features, there are some amazing competitions that, you know, I always say the, the Daffabet competition where mm you can win their hospitality box for you and nine people. And it's the full hospitality for the game. I mean, it's an amazing prize, Daffabet. Every year they give us it for a game. So it's it's a wonderful prize um, and they're all really easy to enter. So yeah, there's, there is literally something for everyone. Yeah, I've already planned once I've got through about the second Christmas movie and Christmas Day and ate a full thing of, of chocolates that I'm going to have a little break and, and read it again just to, <laughs> just to have something else to do on Christmas Day. Um, do you start by reading your own articles first? Of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hypercritical, of course. <laughs> and then I come back in with points for the next one. Um, one of the interviews who is the person who's on the, the cover of this year's Celtic View right in the middle there is Matt O'Reilly. Um, Paul, you spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and it was a, a chat about all things music. Yeah, we, we kind of knew... We'd kind of heard through the grapevine, uh, to use a, a good phrase for a, a music uh, chat, <laughs> yeah. that his his dad is is very much he's a musician, singer, songwriter. So Matt's very much into his music, but he has quite an eclectic taste in music, which is maybe unusual for for somebody his age. So it was really interesting to to get his his thoughts on some of the songs that he listens to, some of the gigs that he's been to. Uh, and then like his favourite Celtic song, favourite Christmas song, etc, etc. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, he was a brilliant guest to have on, as you said, well, all the knowledge that he has and we obviously had a chance to you had a chance to talk to him about Christmas songs and 
his dad's one being right up to the top for him. Yeah, because as I say, we've, we've got it in here, it's the, his Christmas, his vinyl countdown, and uh, his dad's song is called Christmas Time's A Time To Rock by a band called Stir Crazy. So you can actually, you can check on YouTube, they've got a Christmas video for it, but also um, they're actually playing a gig this Thursday night at the, the garage in Glasgow, up in Sucky Hall Street in Glasgow. So I think it's Don O'Reilly's Christmas and Stir Crazy's Christmas special. Um, and I know Matt's been talking about it, so I think if MD's, you know, looking for somewhere to go on Thursday night for a, for a bit of a Christmas rock and roll, then you could do worse than, than get along <laughs> to, to the garage in Glasgow. And we've had the song on quite a number of times in office as well. It's decent, yeah. I mean, I think Christmas songs, you know, they, 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 they go from the, the, yeah. the ridiculous to the sublime, or the sublime to the ridiculous. So I think his, his dad's song is actually a decent Christmas song. Um, so yeah, we've we've been playing it quite a few times, so it's... But a total. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're going. <laughs> well, let's have a, a listen now to, to part of our interview with Matt O'Reilly as he tells all about his favourite songs and his favourite Christmas songs as well. Matt, every year in the Christmas view, we've got a tradition where we put one of the players on the spot, we get them to choose a few of their, their favourite songs and a, a wee bit of a reason why, so we thought you'd be the, the ideal candidate this year. But first of all, I was just going to ask you in terms of music, how, how important is it to you in, in terms of just your personal life? And uh, yeah, really important. Probably one of the most important things for me. Uh, I've come, like the way I was raised in terms of my mum and dad, both like really into music. My dad like plays music himself as well, so it's always around me. Um, and yeah, his style of music has kind of become involved in my life as well. Um, I wouldn't say I just like what he likes, but it's definitely played a part. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, before games and in general as well, helps me get in a certain mood and a certain state, yeah. Do you have a different kind of playlist from maybe just when you're relaxing away from the game to what you might listen to in the run-up? Yeah, sometimes. I just I go through phases, really. You know, We'll probably go through phases where we like certain songs or certain styles more than others. Um, probably depends who you're with as well sometimes. Sometimes you've got to try and please the people you're around and get a mix. Um, so yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and are you, who's the, who's the dressing room DJ? Do you have a... To be fair, match days, it's one of our masseuses, Reedy. Uh, pretty similar playlist every week, but there's one song that we always have on before we go out, which kind of gets everyone going, and that's probably a lot more like kind of beats and stuff like that to kind of get you pumped. Um, to be honest, before games, I have my own earphones in and listen to my own stuff. Um, that gets me in the right frame of mind. So, yeah. Because that's, that's part of the, the, the reason we started the feature. We're always intrigued because obviously you see players coming into Celtic Park, they've always got the headphones on. So you're always, you're always curious to know because every player will have oh, for sure, yeah. their own songs that, that Very kinda, different. Yeah. 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 No, mine's different. To be honest, mine's different nearly every week. I sometimes just. There's a song that day that makes me feel a certain type of way and I like doing that. I'm not like specific with certain ones I listen to. Um, yeah, although recently there's been one song I've listened to quite a lot before I've gone out, which is quite strange, but it just gets changes all the time. Yeah. Well, why don't we start with that one then? If it's quick, what what's that song? So yeah, I go. Th I have like a playlist which I kind of go through before a game, whatever I'm feeling, I put on. But then, because I know the length of the song, we have a timer before we need to go out for the warm up. Um, just so when it gets to around just over three minutes, it's really really random. But I put on a song called Stitches by Sean Mendes. Um, the chorus just gets me going in a certain way. Um, 
So I just play that right before I go out and I time it almost to perfection so I can put my earphones down and go straight out onto the pitch. How did you, you stumble upon that as a song that gets you going like that? I don't know, I was quite late to the... So I've only really got into him like quite recently, whereas a lot of people have known him for a long time. And so that song, Stitches, I only really became aware of it a few months ago. And I know it's been out, I think, a few years. So I'm still on that wave where it's quite a cool song to me, whereas other people are probably like, oh, I've heard this so many times. Um, but yeah, to me, it's, it's nice. I suppose that's, I always think that's the magic of music, that there might be a song that you, you just come to for the first time, but people have heard it for years. But for you, it's, it's absolutely brand new. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was it for me. I was like, oh, I heard it. I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, why haven't I heard this? And then I was playing it to, I think I was with Moritz in the car, taking him to train or something like that. And he was like, this is an old song. And I was like, is it? I didn't even know, you know? Um, so it just shows that different timescales for different people kind of just works out nicely. Yeah. No, I'm obviously going to put you on the spot. You know, okay. Get you to choose some of your, your favourite songs. Is there, is there an actual favourite song that you have? Or? Nah, I wouldn't say I have one specific song, no. Um, I do dabble in like in quite a lot of genres, to be honest. Um, yeah, like honestly, I go around the whole spectrum, so I couldn't give you one specific one which I listen to all the time. It literally goes in and out of everything. So yeah. So if if we had a, a kind of a smattering of of what you like, yeah, with me, it would be probably it's pretty. It'd be a balance of like it's probably Spanish music, which has influenced me quite a lot, probably. Um, like quite a lot of rock music as well um that's from my dad's side he kind of got me into that when i was young same with my mum um and then a lot of i've honestly got everything and then more, more just like standard stuff you probably hear on the radio as well that just the standard hits that i'll probably listen to them as well and then occasionally depending on who i'm with i've been around more it's quite a lot he quite likes quite a lot of i don't know what the genre is called but songs with quite a lot of heavy beats and stuff like that so if we're in the car we'll play that sometimes um but yeah to be honest i literally going in and out of everything, just depending on how I'm feeling. Yeah. So in terms of, like, for example, rock songs, is yeah. there any specific one that, that comes uh, to mind? I wouldn't give you specifics. I can give you bands. Like, I know a lot of bands, like people like Aerosmith, Nickelback, ACDC, Bon Jovi. Occasionally my dad, if he's giving me a song to listen to because he writes music, sometimes that. Um, yeah, those kind of songs are, uh, those kind of people. I like Train as well. Um, they're probably not as heavy, like, like rock rock, they're probably a bit more like pop rock, but yeah, I like them as well. We even got into like Kings of Leon recently, so like literally everything, to be honest. Yeah. Is that the sort of thing that you'd have been listening to in the car when you were growing up then? If your dad was yes. playing all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my youth was pretty much not just rock. I went through a phase where I was quite... So when I was at Fulham, like my change room was quite a lot of London rap and American rap as well. So I went through, it'd be weird, one song would be rock with my dad and it would just transition to like, mad rap song so like pretty much everything yeah yeah so that, that's i mean i think that's quite good as well the fact that you you don't just focus on one no, specific no. genre yeah. no i don't definitely not um if i hear a song in the gym or something i'll try and find out what the song is so i can add it to my players just because if i like a song i like a song i'm not really picky with it no so in terms of obviously you've got your phone there to give you a hand if you if you kind of pick even the last what would be the last sort of half a dozen songs that i didn't mention to? i like lewis capaldi as well and he's all this Capaldi, Capaldi, I'm not sure how you say it, sorry. It's all the Scottish people. Um, he's, a, he's a big Celtic fan as well. He is, I've heard that. Um, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, so this is, it's got everything here. It's got him. Uh, so what Lewis Capaldi song you listen to then? Uh, the first one I saw there is one called Tough, given to me by 
one of one of my friends recently. Uh, an Italian band who I've got into recently because of Moritz. His fiance is Italian. They showed me a new Italian band called Maniskin, and I I really like them. They're not like some of them are a bit aggressive, and some of them are like a bit more poppy. But to be honest, that's like my perfect kind of music. Um, so them, I've got everything here. I've got. There's some random. Sh I didn't mention this. I quite like the African beats as well. So a guy called Burner Boy. Um, I like a lot of his songs. They're on in the gym quite a lot as well. And just if you're doing a bit of gym and you want good beats, he's perfect guy to go to. What about uh, in terms of your man for karaoke? What would your karaoke song be? I don't know what my karaoke song would be. Let me just double check. Uh, actually, no. My initiation song at Fulham. Uh, that was not a good time. I was 16 and I had to sing when I was with the first team for the first time. I sung Hey Soul Sister by Train, uh, which a lot is quite catchy tune. Everyone knows it. Won't be singing it right now, but... Um, was that, was that, that was what, racking as a 16 Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Um, I just, I was the first one to do it. I just got up and got it, like, got it done straight away because I'd rather just not have to wait and have more butterflies going on. But I think if I had to do it now, I'd be fine. But because I was 16 and... No one really knew me at the time. That's probably a bit nerve-wracking, yeah. Did you have to do a, an initiation show here? I was 15, sorry. He's even younger. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to do one here, no. Didn't have to do one at MK Dons either. Um, so, which I'm, I was quite happy about, but... I know back in the day, that was pretty much... Happened every club. I think it's changed a little bit nowadays, maybe. I don't know if people are a bit more chilled or something. I'm not sure, but... Is this quite a good idea of just the way of... It is good, breaking yeah. the ice? No, it is, it is. Some, some boys really hate it, though, and, like feel really uncomfortable doing it which I do understand but yeah I don't mind just getting up and getting it done but I remember at Fulham there were boys that would like if you didn't want to do it you had to pay like a certain fine to not do it and you'd be surprised that like a lot of people actually paid it and it was quite a lot of money so but I suppose that that way because you've grown up with music and, yeah. and you've seen you know what your dad does in terms of his own singing, singing and songwriting yeah my dad loves it he's actually <laughs> he's doing a gig in Glasgow in December time so he's going to be enjoying himself I think a few of the boys said they want to go to it as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, whereabouts is he doing it? The garage, I think, yeah. Um, so he's, yeah, booked that out and I think it's around, it's around Christmas time, so he's excited for it. And so is that, is it going to be a solo gig? Has he got a band with him or? Yeah, so he was, he arranged the band, but then the date got changed initially, so now he's needing to find a few replacements, but it will be him and a band, yeah, on stage and we'll be playing, I think, some of his songs and some covers as well, yeah around Christmas. How's that? I mean, that, that must be quite nice. Is it, <laughs> yeah, is it no, it's nice. nice. It's, it's cool. I, like, I want him to do what he wants to do. Um, yeah, obviously, if, if we're all there and a part of me finds it not embarrassing, but you know, it's your dad. So like, I'm, I'm like his son in the crowd, but a part of me is going to be like, it's cool. Like, and I will enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it because one of the things I'm always curious about the, the more the higher your profile becomes, how more difficult it becomes to go to gigs, for example, because yeah, right. obviously there was a few of you guys went to Coldplay, but yeah. you're there to see the band, but then people see you. And no, that's true. No, I agree. Coldplay, as much as it was a cool experience, there was a lot of fans like right behind us and stuff like that, which wasn't annoying, but it was a bit distracting sometimes when you like had someone in your ear when you just want to like listen to the music. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe at his gig it will be hoods up and just try and get, try and get involved. Surely you'll be on the guest list and there'll be some... You'd hope so, yeah. If I'm not, then my dad probably doesn't love me that much. <laughs> well, I suppose you can always say, well, you're not getting any more tickets for the Celtic games. That's it? true, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's, as you say, that's, that's, that's quite nice, especially if they're, they're up here now, that 
Yeah, it's cool. He's now playing a gig in the city. No, I'm, I'm really close to my parents, to be fair. Um, probably helps that I'm an only child as well, so they can come to every game. They come to home and away games, whether it's like Shakhtar away or Ross County. My, my dad will drive her. They'll both go to every game, um, which I think is really cool. Um, so yeah, the least I can do is repay him by showing up to his gig, you know. One of the, one of the questions we always ask is, is to get your favourite Christmas song. I'd be, see, I'd be a really bad son if I didn't say my dad's one because he's got a Christmas. I know you got in trouble for that before, didn't you? you I didn't did know. get in trouble for that, yeah. So he's got a song called Christmas Time's a Time to Rock, um, but the Christmas is Xmas. Um, I've showed a, a few of the boys have it and they're not being like biased, I don't think, but they actually think it's quite a catchy song. So if people who are a similar age to me like quite like it, then it's usually a good sign. Um, so yeah, who knows, maybe the people in Glasgow will enjoy it as well, I'm not sure. Because I'm guessing you're probably going to be the only player to ever do this feature that can choose one of their dad's songs. Probably, yeah, favorites, think which so. is quite cool. Yeah, you think so. Um, but I've made the mistake before to not pick his, so I'm, I'm going to do it now. Yeah, because I, I, when I was reading up on this, and I, and I think you did kind of face up, that you'd, you'd said something else, and then immediately, I'm not sure if the person interviewing you said, did you that's not right a Christmas song? Yeah, maybe they stitched me up a little bit, but um, <laughs> we laugh from our mistakes, to say the least. Yeah. In terms of, since you've been here, um, the Celtic songs, is there, is there anyone in particular that, that sticks out for you as being your favourite? Um, put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, to be honest, it probably wouldn't be like a team song, probably one of the players. I think Reos and Juras are both really catchy. Um, so yeah, we I can even like when we're getting in the physio room or getting a massage, people just it's on their minds, you know. Reo, Reo, so I'd probably say one of those just because it's in my head the most, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because cool. I'm always amazed at how creative the fans are mm. to yeah, they're cool to get songs. No, it's really cool. Um, yeah, no. Hopefully, I'll be lucky enough one day to get one, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure there'll be guys working behind the scenes <laughs> as we speak. Because that would be quite a strange thing when. You know, if people have, you've heard people chanting your name, but then if they start, if they have a specific song. Yeah, I think you. it's really cool. Um, and even on the pitch, like, you can really hear it. Like, you know, it's because of our fans are so loud. So when we hear Rails, Jurors, Jaws, Liel's as well, you can all hear it and it's really cool, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I, we should really ask Rail what that's like when he's in the dressing room and suddenly you're singing his song. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, he's probably got used to it by now. But at the start, like, we would just go up to him and just say it, yeah. Which I suppose is a nice way of settling in then, definitely. you know, you, you yeah, definitely yeah. know you're, you're part of the club. Yeah, he probably, he probably feels appreciated by it as well, you know, so I think especially for someone who's come such a long way to have like a song like that, it probably makes you feel a bit more welcome in the club, which I think is a, ni a nice gesture. Yeah. Obviously, this is for the Christmas view, so I was just going to just finally just ask you, you know, Christmas for a footballer is different because you're obviously working, we'll have a game on Christmas Eve and then you're already preparing for the next couple of games, but... Um, what, what's Christmas like for you and your, and your family? Do you have the kind of traditional English? Uh, recently I've done, football? recently I've probably celebrated a bit more Danish um, because that's on the 24th as opposed to the 25th. Um, I've done 25th as well before. Um, I say recently as I've done the Danish one probably because it's helped. It was, it's worked more around the schedule, you know, because usually we'd play on Boxing Day and we'd train on Christmas Day and then travel. So 24th made it a bit easier to celebrate. Um, Whereas this time we've actually got Christmas Day off, don't we? So um, that's nice for a change. So maybe maybe it'll be Christmas Day this time. Yeah. yeah. What would be the difference between the, the two traditions then? It's not too dissimilar, to be honest. Like, other than a few Danish flags, like in the house, it's 
pretty much the same. You know, I'd probably eat very similar stuff. Um, I did enjoy Christmas in Denmark though when I was younger, just because they do often get like snow in Christmas, and I think Christmas is nice when there's snow around. Yeah. Yeah. Was that quite quite often? Then you would go over there when you were younger. Uh, I've done it a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it became hard when you have your football schedule and that gets a bit more intense. But I did it when I was younger, so at least I got to experience it, yeah. And is there a certain point in the day, whether it's a Danish Christmas or English Christmas, that your dad puts his Christmas song on? Yeah, that will happen. That's, that's inevitable, yeah. Um, it's a good song, so I can't complain. Um, but no, that will definitely happen at some point, yeah. Brilliant. And after people uh, see this, I'm sure everybody will be going away on Spotify to check to check it out, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I hope so for his sake. I mean, yeah, I don't give him much credit, like face to face, but he does make he does make quite an effort with, with it sometimes. Um, and I know he enjoys it, so that's the main thing. And I think if you're someone who's of his age and you still got a hobby which you enjoy on the side, I think it's a nice way to kind of just break up life a little bit and you know enjoy something. That There we have it, and you can read the full interview only in this year's Celtic View. So yeah, I do recommend if you get the chance to get down to Celtic store before Christmas Day that you grab yourself a, a copy for for that and for for everything else involved. What's your cr favourite Christmas song? Oh, do you know what? So I've always said the Pogues, uh, Fairy Tale New York, um, and I still think it has. But this year, I've I've really been into uh, stepping into Christmas by Elton John. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, I don't know. I just. I've, I've had a little little change this year and every time it's come on it's just kind of got me in the mood but I still think Fairy Tale New York Yeah, I like a bit of Elton John I tell you the song, I, I, I'm, I'm with you I think the Pogues is just in a class of its own I love the Celtics, Celtic fans version of uh, Last Christmas <laughs> <laughs> which they were, they were giving it big licks at Pataudry at the weekend Yeah, and I know the manager said before that when we've asked him about it and he said he's just amazed that anybody can get Postacoglu into a song <laughs> lyric. So all credit to the Celtic fans. So I, I love that song. It's funny because we had the break for the World Cup. Usually you might get towards like the end of November and you'll start to hear that song for the first time. But I'm sure it was like the first game of November and the song came out. And I'm like, Christmas still feels so far away, but it's what you have to, to use every opportunity you yeah, can get. It's, to a, get it's, a brilliant, it's a brilliant chant, actually. Yeah, so it's, it's really, really good. Um, we always finish, Paul, on our predictions game, but I thought because this is our last one of the, the year, we're not going to be back for a couple of weeks, that we maybe just kind of give it a break for the moment and we'll, we'll kickstart again after the Is that only because you year. keep losing? Well, <sighs> potentially. <laughs> <laughs> so the standings at the moment are, I'm bottom in 38 points, you the fans are on 41 points from everyone we've had on every week, and you're on 48 points at the moment. So... Yeah, I, I think I need a, a couple of weeks to refresh, get my head together and come back stronger. As the manager always says, you know, come back stronger. So that's my plan for the new year. I think that might be my, my new year's resolution to, to start getting the protections better. If that can be one, but you quite happy with that? I'm, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I'm, I'm a bit gutted at how it's been going so far, but feeling good about it after this it's new it's year. A, it's a long season, so don't indeed. give up just yet. It is indeed. Um, there is a couple of games for the, the B team over the, the Christmas period as well. The women's team are off at the moment, um, but the B team have got they'll beat the star away from home on Wednesday, and then they've got the big game against Rangers at home on the 30th, which those tickets are still available for, and it would be a, a great opportunity for lots of Celtic fans to get down to Celtic Park. Yeah, I mean, I think, funny, I was talking to somebody yesterday who, 
somebody of, of my age that can remember when uh, you know if the first team weren't playing quite a lot, quite often people would just go to the reserves. That's just the way people worked because there was always a Celtic game and it was always three o'clock on a Saturday. So I think this is a, a brilliant opportunity, as you say, to, to come along to Celtic Park. It's a derby game. It's a chance to see some you know some of these young players. If you think of the, the Celtic team over the last few years. You know, you've Callum McGregor, James Forrest, Anthony Ralston, Mikey Johnson, Kieran Tierney. These guys, that's the level they, they were at and then they've progressed. So it's an opportunity to see some of these players in, in the Celtic B team that, that we're hoping one day will be Celtic first team players. I also think from the boys' point of view, the, the, the bigger the crowd, the better the experience because it allows them to replicate to an extent what it must feel like when you're playing at Celtic Park in a derby game. You know, you're maybe not going to get 60,000, but I'm hoping that, you know, on Friday the 30th, it's a two o'clock kickoff. Hopefully, a lot of people yeah. are off as well that, you know, people can get along. As you say, the tickets are, are available, and I think it'll be, I mean, it'll be a tough game because both sides, both B teams, are going really well in the Lowland League. So, and, you know, I think. Regardless whether it's a five-a-side game we play or it's the first team, if you if you play Celtic against Rangers, there's just an edge to it that everybody loves. So yeah, I hope as many people as possible get along to that. Yeah, definitely, because I know for Darren and Stevens this season in particular, they've had the opportunity to be in the youth league, and they talk about so much trying to mirror what the first team do. So if you get an opportunity to play in a derby match at Celtic Park in front of a really good crowd. That's only going to benefit them. No matter what the result might be, that's only going to benefit them that they get that experience. But I've got every confidence in them as well. But hopefully we can get a, a big turnout for, for that. Let we warm up ahead of the, exactly. the Derby game at, at Ibrook. Yeah, exactly. Get a, a little taste for it. Looking forward to that when that comes along as well. Um, Paul, that's us then for, for this year. Have you, have you enjoyed been in the podcast so far this season? I have, yeah. I mean, it's obviously helped the fact that I'm winning the predictions competition, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, been, it's been good fun and uh, hopefully people have enjoyed it. Yeah, and I suppose it's just a chance, I know the football's kind of started back again, but it's a chance to kind of reflect a little bit on what the first half of the year's been like so far. And I suppose it always makes a podcast easier when you're, you're coming in every week and you're pretty much talking about wins bar, bar one away to St Mirren. It's just been brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of like the back to the manager's mantra of, of we never stop. Remember he said, he said that the, the day we got the trophy of, you know, the speech will come back, we'll, you know, bigger, better, stronger because we never stop. And that's, that's obviously he's got that group of players and they've all bought into his philosophy and, you know, they're working hard every day. And, and like as fans, we're seeing the benefit in terms of the football that we're, we're enjoying. And, and I know people, you know, there's some of the football that we're seeing is as enjoyable as we've seen in, in, in many a year. and and. Again, 2023 is so much to look forward to. Yeah, so we'll take our break and hopefully in the new year we'll come back bigger, better and stronger. Maybe bigger from all the Christmas food. Yeah. Well, certainly from my own point of view, that's, that's, that's a given. <laughs> well, looking forward to it when we do get back. Um, but for now, thanks so much for, for joining us for, for this year so far. We'll be back in the new year and have a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year when it comes. 